Holiday tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. My friends still rave about the Prosecco I brought last year. Let me help make your Friendsgiving unforgettable. Bordeaux is one of the world's most popular red blends, made from Cabernet, Cab Franc, and Merlot. It also makes the perfect gift for your picky boss. Having turkey and all the fixings? I suggest an easy-drinking Pinot Noir. For white drinkers, try an unoaked Chardonnay. Whether you're entertaining or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection with you this holiday. Now offering same-day delivery at TotalWine.com. Cheers! Welcome to the More Perfect Union, but it's not the More Perfect Union. This is actually a summary of the More Perfect Union. Let me explain. This is not the podcast, folks. This is a faux podcast. This is sort of like Attorney General Barr's four-page letter summarizing what was in the Mueller report. Just to explain, our 200th episode is coming up. Well, I guess it's the next one, right, guys? According to my math, yes. I guess I should tell people who we are. My name's Kevin Kelton. You guys can say hi. Uh, I'm Greg Matuzak, your common sense liberal from Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm Rebecca Kushmeider, your progressive feminist, still in Kensington, Maryland, after all these years. And I'm DJ McGuire, your progressive conservative. Holiday tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. My friends still rave about the Prosecco I brought last year. Let me help make your Friendsgiving unforgettable. Bordeaux is one of the world's most popular red blends, made from Cabernet, Cab Franc, and Merlot. It also makes the perfect gift for your picky boss. Having turkey and all the fixings? I suggest an easy-drinking Pinot Noir. For white drinkers, try an unoaked Chardonnay. Whether you're entertaining or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection with you this holiday. Now offering same-day delivery at TotalWine.com. Cheers. Conservative back in Suffolk, Virginia after two days away for work. (laughs) Oh, rub it in that you have a job. Rub it in. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, everyone has jobs for now. The recession hasn't started yet. That's true. Not yet. So the yield curve is still inverted. (laughs) (laughs) So what's going on other than the fact that the, uh, the yield curve is still inverted? is that um, we're getting ready for our 200th episode, which we we, we would normally um, do on a Sunday because we always record on a Sunday. But I'm going to be traveling uh, this weekend, which when you're listening to this is now last weekend. And so we couldn't do a 200th episode. So we're doing sort of a a promo, sort of unofficial episode here, just so our fans get to hear us. A prequel. Yes. In the canon of The More Perfect Union, this will be, you know, like a little short novella of a podcast (laughs) that doesn't necessarily track with anything that's happening in the real world. That's right. And we promise that the actual 200th episode is coming in weeks, not months. Uh, Specifically, it's coming in one week. And uh, we may have to redact some sensitive material, like our SAT scores in my real age. But other than that, there will be... A real 200th episode coming. But in the meantime, we're just going to vamp a little bit, talk about what's in the news, what's not in the news, what's in our lives, what's not in our lives. Rebecca, why don't you tell everybody what you're wearing? Pajamas and a fleece blanket covered with uh, emoji. With smiley face emoji. Smiley face emoji. I am I am in the playroom tonight. I've been exiled. I'm holding a stuffed white moose that I purchased for my daughter in Park City, Utah, and yeah, I'm I'm stylish. This is my red carpet moment here. 
And Greg, are you doing anything unique today? Uh, you know, it's it's funny that you said what you're wearing. Uh, a, a good friend of mine gave me a T-shirt, and the T-shirt says, uh, "Feminists make the best sandwiches." And <laughs> and what's funny about it is he gave it to me because he knows I'm a feminist and I love sandwiches and. I, I love the shirt, and we both took it in as, oh, we're feminists and we love sandwiches. But I've worn it out several times, and I've been told, uh, like, by other women, like, hey, asshole, you're a jerk. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, and it's a it pretty didn't, sexist shirt. It's a pretty <laughs> sexist shirt, but I didn't think of it that way, and neither did my friend. That hey, it's supposed to be like uh, like only like girly girls and like only women make sandwiches, and I didn't think of it because <laughs> and we both love sandwiches and we're both like huge feminists, and uh, yeah, so now I only wear it like underneath stuff like, <laughs> when I'm eating like really big sandwiches, and I had a great sandwich today. Well, you know what? Hold on. Later in the show, I'd like to get, I'd like to find out what that sandwich is. And if you have a recipe for a favorite sandwich, I'd like to hear that I too. too. I right do, now. but that's we'll not right that. now. I'll talk about that later. That's, that's what this podcast has been lacking, a cooking segment. Oh, yes. 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 And yes. DJ, you've got a haircut. What else is new in your life? Not really a whole heck of a lot besides that. I've got a convention in about a week and a half that should be fun and right now i've got dinner that's getting cold so let's get on with this <laughs> and i just want to say by the way i haven't um mentioned this in some of the earlier podcasts but our fans our, our regular listeners may notice that we've been using a very brief musical interlude as a place to put our um, mid-roll commercials and that musical interlude that little guitar rift is done by none other than dj mcguire Except it's a bass riff. I was going to say it's I a bass riff. I, I, knew, I knew the bass player was going to stand up yeah. for his, his fellow bass players there. That's right. Okay, so here are the things that we, we are not going to discuss tonight, and we'll discuss them anyway. <laughs> Since it's not a real episode, we cannot discuss Betsy DeVos, who is the world's biggest asshole. No, she's a monster. <laughs> she is a monster. She is. One might actually call her a special monster. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, she, let's so you not guys... insult spe the Special Olympics by associating Betsy DeVos with them any more than they already have. The woman is suggesting <laughs> cutting all federal funding to the Special Olympics out of the federal budget. Now, the good news is this is the president's budget, and those are always basically fantasy novels. The bad news is, fuck you, Betsy DeVos. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But even in a political document, why would you make that political statement? What positive, what is good for the Republican Party about saying, we are going to take the Special Olympics away from special needs children? Oh, well, she thinks it's the, the role of philanthropy to handle stuff like that. And I, you know what? She could sell a boat and cover it more than twice. So philanthropize yourself. If she had actually cut a check for the difference, it might have been a very interesting political statement and a way to set the narrative. Instead, she did this. It is another reminder for, for anybody who, who initially thought that Betsy DeVos could be helpful for school reform or for anything. She is essentially – she is such a caricature of everything that the left has said about anybody who challenges the, the local, your local government education monopoly, that she is setting the cause, she her personally has set the cause of school reform back 40, if not 50 years. It's maddening. Oh, yeah. And, and I, I, I posted this, I don't know whether any of you guys saw my comment, but on the same day that she wanted to cut the Special Olympics, the Trump administration 
uh, took a full frontal assault on the Obamacare law that they want to repeal, which of course would mean doing away with the protections against pre-existing conditions. And so in one day, they said, look, somewhere between 200 and 400,000 people who participate in the Special Olympics every year, these people were all given birth, even though many of them, probably their parents knew that they were going to be born with these life-challenging deformities, illnesses, uh, whatever we want to say they are. And the Obama administration, excuse me, the, the Trump administration wants to not only take away their health care, because if you do away with pre-existing conditions, these are exactly the people who need that coverage. They want to take away the Special Olympics. They're always telling us, don't terminate pregnancies, carry them to term, let them live. But then they don't want to let them live. Well, and if you read um, the Humans of New York Facebook page, they've actually been profiling Special Olympians at the World Games right now. And you don't, and they're wonderful stories. The the Special Olympics is a a categorically a good thing. And it was started by um, Eunice Kennedy Shriver, who's a person I point out to my children as somebody to emulate because she took great wealth and privilege and used it to help those less fortunate. And it's just heartless. There's, there's, there's no benefit to making that particular line cut. Yeah. And, and let's, let's move one step. So there's total outrage on the left and it's the outrage. It's the lack of outrage on the right, which is also disheartening. And, you know, the other thing that kind of bothers me is remember Betsy DeVos was narrowly appointed. She was, it, Mike Pence actually had to go to the Senate. It was his first Senate appearance and, he was the tie-breaking vote. Um, and I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was it was 50-50. And this is the part that always bugs me because my senator, Rob Portman, who, once again, I've given up swearing for Lent, so I cannot call him a whore. Um, <laughs> is that a bad word? A whore? It's not a swear word. It's not a swear Okay. So I can't call I mean, I him. It's not complimentary. Right. Okay. So I guess I can't call him a whore. Anyways. During his rebuttal, when people were so upset, this is what he wrote to the people of Ohio. He said, quote, we must always work to protect the rights of students with disabilities to ensure they have access to high quality education. Betsy DeVos has made clear she will enforce the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act and, quote, protect the hard won rights of students with disabilities, unquote. So, he told us that the one of the reasons, and there's, there was only four paragraphs, the one of the reasons that he voted for Betsy DeVos was because she had this wonderful record and that he really believed she was going to protect students with disabilities. And that was his one of his mainstays. It's terrible. And once again, they can find no fault with his administration. And here is a wonderful example. Okay, so other things that we are that we can't talk about because this isn't an official podcast or an official episode <laughs> is that Stacey Abrams apparently has said yet to a VP run with Joe Biden. Did you guys hear about that? I did hear about that. She's yes. she's got a great quote that's something along the lines of "Why would you run for second place?" I don't think that's a great yeah, quote. It actually know, it like actually insulted quote. me yeah. because let me let me make two points. First of all, a lot of people run for lieutenant governor. That's not running for second place. That's running for a high government office. And I think the vice presidency should fall into that category. Secondly, running for second place would be running for president and coming in second. 
Joe Biden asked her to be part of his, well, he didn't ask her. He implied, he suggested that he might invite her to be part of the Biden administration in the vice presidential role. And if she thinks that's second place, she just lost my vote. Well, you know, in as 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 the founders intended it, it was second place. Yeah, the, yeah. Well, remember that's how Aaron Burr wound up vice president to uh, Thomas Jefferson. Yeah, well, that that ended 180 years ago. But I think it should come back because then we'd have Hillary Clinton sitting in in Mike Pence's <laughs> office. Oh, she wouldn't could, that be delicious? Wouldn't that be better? Yes. Okay. Okay. First of all, the the fact that Abrams herself might run for president is. Part of what she is saying is if she were not a, an actual presidential candidate or aspirant, and she has not actually said whether she's running or not, but since she is leaving that open, that's why she said what she said. Secondly, with the exception of Dick Cheney, no vice president has really ever been been a major substantive influence on the president of which they were administration. I think Joe Biden was. Um, I think I think. of Donald Trump's domestic policy is straight out of Mike Pence's playbook. Have you not met the evangelical right and seen its thumbprints all over what Trump does? I don't think Mike Pence in particular has anything to do with it. He is a cipher. Um, there are there are other evangelicals who get to Trump to 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 do to have him do their bidding, not Mike Pence. Donald Trump has no respect for Mike Pence at all, and for damn good reason. Um, What for saying yes to Donald Trump? That that would. That lowered yeah. his, so, his him in my esteem, and and as far as I know, the only thing that the only issue where Biden had an impact was where he convinced Obama to change his position on marriage equality, and that is something, but it is nothing compared to what to Dick Cheney's influence in the administration of Bush the Younger. Outside no, of Cheney, that's most that's very yeah. true. Outside of Dick, outside of Dick Cheney, the vice presidency has really not been very influential at all. I can understand where Stacey Abrams is coming from on this. Uh, this is not a cabinet sec, not a cabinet position or anything like that. So, no, she is she is still holding out hope for for taking a shot at the top at top billing. So she would naturally belittle this if she chooses not to run or if she ends up getting knocked out. Then she might think about it differently. But she's not there yet. And by the way, outside of Dick Cheney would be the name of Greg's college band. <laughs> it's better than the, the original name was Inside Dick Cheney. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I really want to just send you guys off to read the article I sent you of major Star Trek characters ranked by lesbianism. <laughs> we talked a little bit about this on the phone before we started recording. I, you know, I think it might be the most important piece of literature published on the internet this week. How do lesbians rank themselves in terms of who's a bigger lesbian? I believe it was by perceived queer identity of the characters using a multiplier of how big a crush the writers of the article had on the characters. That seems <laughs> to be the metric being used. Oh, okay. Well, that's that, that's that seems fair. Yeah. All right. Well, a DJ looks hungry. Yes. Yes. So... I think we should save the rest of us for our actual 200th episode, much as we should all save our analysis of the Mueller report for the actual Mueller report. Indeed. So, everybody, thanks for listening to what was not a podcast episode, but rather a promo for our upcoming 200th episode, which we'll be dropping next week. In the meantime, have a great week. And, Greg, what's going to be the highlight of your non-week? Uh, I'm probably going, now that I, you think about it, I'm going to try to have that sandwich that you talked about. Oh, yes. What's what's the name of it? It's a egg salad sandwich with salmon 
and tomato on open face baguette. And I'm a tuna milk kind of guy. <laughs> okay, everybody, have a great week. <laughs> Holiday tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. Did you know there are over 10,000 wine grape varieties worldwide? Here's to thousands of gift possibilities. My go-to holiday wine is Chardonnay. I love it with turkey and potatoes. Pile on the gravy. Let me show you our more than 8,000 party-perfect wines that are in your budget and out of this world. Whether you're entertaining or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection with you this holiday. Now offering same-day delivery at TotalWine.com. Cheers!